Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. Hello, I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hi Paul. Hello Linda. Monday. How are you going? Monday. It is a Monday morning and it's just started to rain here right. in sunny Brunswick. So uh, how good is that? Fun so times. the rain on the roof might drown us out. Cooking vegetables, Paul. Vegetables. It's one of the things that when I um, first got my steam oven, I just loved being able to throw in vegetables. And they just came out so um, tasty. None of the flavour had drained away. Mm-hmm. Dougie used to always prefer the microwave for speed and ease of cleaning, but no, since we've had the combi steam oven, that's the way we do them. Yeah. There's a bit of uh, evidence out there to suggest that it's the best way to retain nutrient content in your vegetables is by steaming them. Um, how true that is, I'm not 100% sure. Certainly... The microwave thing, I can't quite evaluate just yet, because um, a lot of people say a lot of different things about what microwave does to food. Um, but certainly vegetables from a blanching perspective, um, it's actually, you can see it. So, and I'm not talking the nutrient content, but you get a visual idea. So when you generally blanch, let's say green vegetables in a pot of water, you tip the water down the sink and the water's greenish. Uh, and that's a lot of the colour uh, and a lot of the nutrient being cooked out into the water, which you then discard. So from a health perspective, it's certainly much better. Speed, um, look, versus a microwave, you're never going to beat a microwave for speed, but what it does to your food, I still don't fully understand. I think the difference in for me was there's very little tolerance in the microwave. Yep, it's really fast and it can do things really quickly. But if you put your veggies in and you've cut them smaller or you don't have as many as you normally have, and let's say you put them in maybe for five minutes and you put them in and they should have been only for four, there's a market difference. Whereas in the steam oven, a minute difference isn't really going to matter. Yeah, this is not something that I can really comment on because I don't cook vegetables in a microwave and I honestly have never have. So I might be missing out on something. No, yeah. Well, I I have never, ever done it. It's probably the thing that we used to use our microwave for most. Yeah. After, you know, the 1980s when we used to have that little steam basket in a pot of water. Yeah. Then we moved away from that as we moved more towards the uh, microwave just for more convenience and speed and not doing dishes by hand because, as you know, until a few years ago we didn't have a dishwasher, so the less we could put in that sink, the better. Yeah. But the tolerances are really low. Yeah. And really easy to overcook. Yeah. And the other thing with steaming your vegetables is, well, the flavour that they retain. So, yeah, the nutrient content and stuff like that, but the flavour they retain because... Um, they're not being drowned out by anything. So, like I say, the microwave thing I can't really comment on, but certainly blanching. Blanching is a, I mean, we used to call it big pot blanching blanching in in 
the restaurants. Um, so we would have first first job of the morning after turning the lights on was put a big pot of water on to blanch the vegetables for that day or that lunchtime service. So it might be green beans or something just to get them a, a head start. And then we would put them into ice water to stop the cooking process and finish them off as the orders came in. But um, certainly steaming them, and you can do the same process. You can ste- pass steam your vegetables and then chop them in ice water to stop the cooking process. Um, but steaming them gives certainly, I think, lends a lot more sort of natural flavour to the vegetables. So we've done quite a few on the website, just very simple vegetable dishes um, and just steamed vegetables, just with some olive oil and garlic and nuts and things like that. And they always work out pretty good. Um, bit of a rule of thumb for me, green vegetables now I'm generalising, but sort of five to seven minutes is about it. You don't need much more than that. Um, now a lot of people will talk about, and a lot of people who are in the combi steam world um, constantly talk about just throw them in and turn the oven on and, and just go from cold. I don't agree wholeheartedly with that method. I know, and I've had like been doing quite a bit of work on this for my other job. Um, Your day job? Yeah. Um, because I don't, it doesn't make sense to me for the steam generator to start working, the oven to start working, everything to sort of slowly get up to temperature and then during that entire time the vegetables have sort of semi-started cooking. I think it throws your timing out. Um, and... When was the last time you put some green vegetables in a pot of cold water and then put that on the stove and brought that to the boil? Oh, never. Never. So you generally, if you're going to blanch your vegetables, and look, we're just talking about getting them cooked now, but if you're going to blanch them, you bring the pot of water up to the boil, you drop your vegetables in, away you go. Why is it different? Because we're doing it in a steamer. Even in an old school, like you're talking about, a bamboo basket, you would put the wok on with the water in it, bring that up to the boil, put the bam- put the vegetables in the bamboo basket and then put that over the already boiling wok. You wouldn't mm. there would you wouldn't wait. Like you wouldn't just start it from cold. Um, the only vegetable I really start from cold is potatoes. But even then in the steamer I just let by the time I've peeled the potatoes or done whatever I need to do with them, um, the steam is up to temperature. And as far as temperature with your vegetables Above 85 degrees is where you have to be. Um, so 85 degrees will get them cooked. How quickly depends on the vegetables. So carrots will take ages at 85 degrees. They'll still take a while at even 100. Um, but I am yet to see any super beneficial reason for cooking them below 100 degrees. I haven't... Like fruits are a bit different, so steaming fruits and stuff, but we're more talking about vegetables. Um... So, like, I'm sort of pushing along the lines of sous vide. A lot of people will talk about doing sous vide vegetables at 85, 90 degrees. But I, I still don't see the benefit of, of doing that. That 15 degrees, I haven't seen, makes a huge amount of difference. Why would you sous vide vegetables? Like, I, I guess what, I, I can absolutely understand why you'd sous vide a duck breast or, yeah. or meat of any kind. Proteins, yeah. Proteins. 
meat in non-chef language. <laughs> but to vegetables, which are so genuinely quick to cook, easy, yeah. I don't see the value in having them cook in a sous vide. Maybe it's me. I don't because I've don't, never used a sous vide machine. I'm not. Um, so things like so I will do things like fennel. Okay, sous vide. Um, but it's almost like doing a confit. So I actually put a whole lot of olive oil in there and essentially the oil is the cooking medium in the bag which cooks the fennel. Um, so I'm pretty selective about what vegetables I will do. Early doors, uh, early days with um, sous vide, there was a lot of, well, I mean, early days, when it re-came around because sous vide's been around for a long time, but when it started to get a bit trendy, when, you know, El Bulli and Thomas Keller and all those guys were starting to really make it a little bit more world globally known, the, the technique, there was a lot of talk around doing green vegetables, sous vide, and the reaction that the one of the nutrients or maybe even the chlorophyll in green vegetables had doing sous vide, and there was talk about it tainting the flavour. Is that true or not? It's very hard to tell. Like I've tried, so I've done asparagus and things like that. I've tried. I have done sous vide white asparagus. Uh, and the reason is, is because that's a, that sort of vegetable has got a quite distinct flavor. And if you cook that out in, even in a steamer, you lose a little bit of that, that flavor. So I suppose why would you sous vide a vegetable? It's much like why you would sous vide a piece of meat, not only for the temperature control, but it's encased and you, you totally lock in the flavour. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it as far as vegetables doing the sous vide technique. I don't. I still, like I say to you, I still struggle to see the benefit. I might do. Uh, I might cut my potatoes really small and, and do what's called a fondant potato, so essentially cooked in butter or fat. Um, but I'm using the steam oven there to warm the fat or the butter. So that's really what the cooking medium is without actually getting any sort of roasted colour on it. Um, so that's one technique I, I would use as far as vacuum sealing vegetables, but very rarely. I still am yet to see the benefit. So only a handful of things like potatoes, depending on the preparation, white asparagus, certainly. I really like doing white asparagus like that. Fennel, um, you know, maybe some of the harder herbs that you want to do a long, slow cook with. Uh, harder herbs, sorry, harder vegetables that you want to do a long, slow cook with. But leafy green vegetables and green vegetables in general, beans, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, and we can talk about that because... Oh, Ducky loves them <laughs> and I hate them. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yes. Peas, anything like that. I, I, I actually just think you're better off putting them on your, on your perforated tray and, and steaming them. Carrots, um, you could probably argue both ways. Carrots, I think the important thing with carrots when you're going to steam them is, is don't peel them. Just get a like clean like scourer that you would use in the sink, not a steel one, but a, like a sponge scourer type combination thing, and just give them scrub. That's the best thing for all carrots, Dutch carrots, large carrots, whatever. Don't peel them because all the flavours like right underneath the peel. So just give them a scrub under running water and happy days. That's, that's enough. Potatoes, we've done. A thousand times, like, you know, mash. I think mash is a really good example of, um, of steam. 
So most people will boil their potatoes. Uh, the problem with that is, is that uh, there's two things with it. One is that when you boil potatoes, um, water gets into the potato. So if you've ever seen anyone make gnocchi or they'll often bake whole potatoes on a bed of salt. Um, and that's actually, the salt is at the, is there to help uh, get rid of the moisture out of the potato so they're as dry as possible. Um, same theory, people will do that when they're making mash as well. So a lot of people at home will boil their potatoes to make mash. You are better off steaming it just from a water content perspective. Now, the only drawback to that is depending on the potato time of year, sometimes you'll get potatoes that are really starchy and if you steam them, you don't get that starch out. So then boiling them at times can be better to get the starch out of the potato so you don't end up with like gluey mash. Um, but I think that just comes down to pick the right potato. So generally, mm. you'll be able to get good mashing potatoes all year round, generally. Um, and just make sure you pick those potatoes for mashing. I'll tell you what they are, but they're different all over the world. And I can vouch for the gnocchi because, and also because it does take out, it doesn't get as, as wet. Yeah. And for making potato salad. Yeah. We make potato salad, you know, every week. Yeah. In summer and it's fantastic. You don't get that overcooked, really falling apart, crumbling. Yeah. So I, use, I, I, think, I like the little uh, baby potatoes for potato salad. And yeah. you can just throw a whole tray in and like let it go. And then when you're about... 10 minutes from the end like is it quicker it's probably equal in time to blanching or boiling um maybe fractionally slower but i don't think that much slower and ever you know how long does a potato take potato takes as long as a potato takes you know yeah. what i mean um but the thing with potato salad is a lot of people will put egg in their potato salad so in the last 10 minutes just throw some eggs in the same tray and you know you're getting to do your eggs for your potato salad at the same time. So, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, but leafy green vegetables, you know, sort of those Asian type vegetables, bok choy, choy sum, guy land, all that sort of stuff. You're in that four to six minute range as well. So not not very long. And I'm saying this as though the oven's been already up to temp and heated. So the steam generator's already running. Yes, when you open the door, you lose a bit of steam, but you've got some warmth in there already. So, yeah. Spinach, silver beet? Yeah, spinach is less. Spinach leaves is much less. Silver beet, uh, fractionally longer. Depends if you leave the stalk on or not. Um, if the stalk's on, you need a little bit longer. I actually would prefer to do the stalks in first and then give them, you know, two or three minutes and then throw the leaves in after. Okay. Um, We've done leeks as well. Leeks were really good steamed. Yes. Was, yeah. yeah. I mean, you need to add some mm. flavours to them, but leeks worked out to be really, really good. I, um, I think I've said it before that one of my favourite steamed dishes is a snapper with leeks. Yeah. That sort of white fish cooks really well. The leeks underneath and the mustard and butter. Yeah. Easy. I mean, it's a pretty classic quick. combination, but yeah. And Brussels sprouts, we sort of touched on before, mm. and I did get you to eat them. Yes. But, and they weren't... No, no. And yeah. pu pulling the leaves apart, yeah. they are sweeter yeah. than, you know, and Dougie will steam them and, you know, when we had our steamer, which still sadly isn't working. Yeah. But 
he would steam them and but just that they're not my personal taste. I do prefer them pulled apart. Yeah, so a lot of people find them bitter. Bacon. Yeah. But the one doesn't go with bacon. Yeah. A different podcast for another day, maybe. Bacon. The joys of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Brussels, Brussels sprouts are often associated with that exact reaction. It's that sort of bitter, oh, no, I'm not a fan. Um, and the reason being is that because they're, they're so dense and compact um, and the leaves are so tightly bound together, to get it cooked in the middle, like you see people all the time, they make a little cross in the base of the Brussels sprout. Some people will stab like a little skewer into them just to get some heat into the middle of them so they don't cook as long. The longer they cook, the more bitter they get. So my theory was, was pull the mm. individual leaves off and just steam the leaves, and that it worked really much well. Much better. Like so, so, if you're not a fan of Brussels sprouts, give that method a go, and you just pick the leaves off one by one. Mm. And it doesn't take too long, but you can make an entire like side dish out of Brussels sprouts, which doesn't have that bitterness. Certainly, the core of the Brussels sprouts, hey, where it starts to go from green to like very pale yellow, the pale yellow part I don't use because um, that seems to be where it's really bitter. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another good technique. A couple of things that I've noted that don't steam well, as far as vegetables. So eggplants just shies them. Like. No? Uh, yeah. It doesn't work? No. Nah, oh, I don't think it does. I haven't had any sort of success with anything other than like char grilling or roasting over open fire flame or, um, <coughs> you know, a really heavy, hard roast. And I think that's got to, got to do with the bitterness as well. So you can't cook that bitterness out with steam. Even if you uh, cut it open and do all sorts of things, it just doesn't seem to work. And I'm not a fan of um, steam courgette or zucchini, wherever you're from. I just, it's not, I think it's to do with my childhood because my mother used to steam zucchini and it was always... Terrible. Oh, but when we were kids, you know, the the pot of water would go on and the beans and the peas. They'd, my dad had put in sugar yeah, and sometimes a bit of vinegar yeah, and then just cook it for like half an hour. And he'd be like, yeah. what? You know, I know it was, no, who, no wonder kids our, well, my age and even down to your age, yeah. didn't eat vegetables when we were young. It, that was terrible. Yeah. So and just be aware too that when you're looking at your... Uh, user manual or guide or whatever it might be. A lot of brands, I mean, it's getting much better now, but if you've got an older oven, a lot of brands, their cook times for vegetables are way out. Like this was something that I actually did a bit of work on looking at. Um, and it was right across the board. I'm not picking on any particular brand, but they would have 25 minutes for asparagus. Like just when you're doing your vegetables, just start off with, Full steam, 100 degrees, so as hot as you can get it on a standalone steam mode. And just think, okay, if it takes me about six or seven minutes for these to blanch in a pot of boiling water, it's going to be very similar. It's going to be really, really similar. Depending on the vegetable, it might be quicker um, or it might be one to two minutes longer, but that's about it. A um, couple of other good sort of tips. Broccolini, which is quite popular. Um just peel the stalk a bit. So give it a really light peel. Um, that stalk is quite hard and 
you need to get into the soft underbelly of that stalk. Blanching them works better for the stalks, but steaming them works better for the heads. So to counteract that, give them a little bit of appeal is always a, you know, that's just a on the, yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. Like you, I mean, everyone breaks away that woody part of the asparagus. Um, if you've got really thick asparagus, break away the woody part and just give it a light peel, just the bottom sort of two thirds of the asparagus. It'll cook much better. Um, what else is there? So fennel steams really well as well. So fennel's okay. a good one to steam. Artichokes? I love oh, yeah, we've done artichokes as I well. I love artichokes. Um, effort to prep artichokes. It's a bit of a skill to learn how to prep artichokes and you have to be reasonably quick. Um, Jerusalem artichokes is another one which they're only just sort of in season now, so we might do something with those mm. shortly. They're a tuber. They're not actually an artichoke. Uh, so they're related to sunflower. Oh, okay. They're not, they've got nothing to do with an artichoke. Uh, but the texture of those is a little bit, I'm not sure how well it'll go with steam, but we'll find out um, soon enough. But yeah, just experiment. Beetroots? Yeah, beetroots are really good steamed. Uh, if you like, I mean. I know you love them. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And the one thing, that, there was two things that my father cooked. Three, I lie. There's three things that I only ever saw my father cook in. 40 years. One was barbecue, which was really badly done. Always overcooked. Uh, it was a black medium rare. <laughs> uh, the other thing was a tomato relish recipe that I think was my great, great grandmother's and he would get out there and I distinctly remember him wearing um, protective eyeglasses that he used to wear when he had the chainsaw out cutting down wood because it had so much onion in it. So he would stand <laughs> outside. We've got a big butcher's block. He would stand outside and chop onions for what seemed like hours. And the other thing was beetroots. And he used to love getting fresh beetroots and doing like pickled beetroots. Um, so if you want to do your own jars of beetroot and stuff like that, really good way to go about it. Really, really good way. And you just do them a la natural. Give them a scrub under running water. Take the, take the leaves off and just steam them skins on and the skins will peel okay. straight off. So, yeah, they're really good. They're coming into season in Australia too, aren't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, beetroots are around. Um, Celeriac is another sort of one. And all of these things, what you can do, and it's sort of, you know, uh, we've played around with this a little bit and it's not. I'm not trying to overcomplicate things, but if you want a really very... Uh, easy, sort of natural, uh, no fat, sort of very simple soup. Do like a, to do a potato and leg soup. Seriously, chop up some potatoes, chop up some peeled, uh, chop up some peeled potatoes, chop up some leeks, steam them until they're like really, really cooked, and just warm some stock and some milk on your stove. Put it all in a blender and blend it. You got to see like mm. pretty quickly. Now I would say you're better off sweating your legs in a whole ton of butter on the stovetop and doing it like that. But if you just want a, you know, guilt-free soup, that's a really good way to go about it. So remember, your vegetables don't just have to stay what they are. So 
I'll quite often do purees for work. Um, one of my favourites is I actually grate carrot. <clears throat> so just on a box grater on the coarse side. And I just grate a whole tray of carrot. And I just cook it, steam it. I can't tell you how long. It's probably about 20 minutes, but I don't care. Because I know that by cooking it like that, <clears throat> I'm not losing the colour. And I want it fully cooked. Like it's almost like mush. And it's really good for baby food too. Mm. Um, so... I just take that straight into a blender and then on the stovetop, I just make some brown butter. And as when I've put the carrot in the blender, I turn the blender on and I just pour the brown butter in, <coughs> sorry, as though I'm making a mayonnaise and that makes a puree. So if you ever want to make some really good purees, same can be said for like parsnips, another one. Um, yes. Like a, a parsnip puree can be as simple as grated parsnip and just a little bit of cream and butter warmed and then you just blend it all together. Um, and there you're getting like restaurant quality purees uh, because your vegetables are cooked for a really long time. But the benefit of not cooking them on the stovetop is that there's no chance they're getting any colour. So your parsley puree will be pure white. So you retain. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, you retain the colour. So any puree for that matter, like a spinach puree, like you can keep it super Mate, green. I think this is a great topic for some little instructional videos. Purees. Yeah, well, I mean, because we could do. Yeah. one of the first things you taught in cooking with steam was a, um, I think it was a celery egg yeah. puree. Yeah. And that was absolutely sensational. Yeah, and very simple. Like, you don't need. But you forget to go back to those recipes yeah. just for that one thing, but it was great with steak. Yeah, and, and the good thing about a puree like that is because you have very little else going into it, it's really the essence of what it is you're cooking. So if it's celeriac in that scenario, the good thing is, is it cooks quickly and it really is super, super flavorful of that celeriac flavor. So you don't need a lot. So you could, I could do enough puree for 10 main courses with half a celeriac. Like you don't need a lot. Mm -hmm. Sure, you want to add some other bits to your dish, but then you can add other sort of flavor profiles like, you know, roasted shallots and you've got your the flavour of your beef mm. and then, you know, you could probably have some blanched Brussels sprout leaves and, you know, very, very simple stuff. But the celeriac has its own sort of, you know, mm. punch to it. Uh, so any purees and things like that, I mean, one of the other first ones I did was an apple puree. Um, you know, I know we're talking vegetables, but anything that you can uh, sort of grate, you can puree. Well, from, a from a vegetable perspective. Except it might, for, it egg might seem except for egg plant zucchini. But. Well, it might seem like the wording obvious to you, but, you know, as long as I've known you and I've watched you cook, it's never actually occurred to me to do it in that way. Yeah, or well, you can make a pea puree. You can make anything. trick with a pea puree to get it nice and smooth is a um, pinch of bicarb soda in the blender. So you put a pinch of bicarb soda in the blender and the bicarb helps break down just that outer skin. Okay. Of the pea, and that will also help it stay green. I think that's actually a pea puree. The very first meal when you were chefing and I met you, and I asked you to idiot Stalk proof, <laughs> idiot proof a meal for me to take home to Dougie, who had been travelling for quite a while mm. and was coming home, and you gave me a pea puree and some steak and some potato, okay. and you told me exactly how long. Yeah. That was the beginning. Yeah. But you know, I mean. What I, I celery, I haven't really 
done with. Celery is kind of a nothing vegetable to me. I think it, again, comes back to my childhood. We used to get celery in our lunch. So I'm not a big fan of celery. I think celery is okay in juice. Like and the in the roast juice. chicken dish with the carrots and Yeah, celery. even then, it's, the just, of... it's just sort of there. It's a bit of a... It's a bit of a filler. It's like the styrofoam in a delivery you get in a oh. box. Like, it's just kind of there. Sorry for it's, all those people who grow celery. Yeah. I mean, I've grown it. It's semi-necessary to have. I like celery heart. Like, okay. the celery leaves. They're good. Um, but celery itself, meh. Sweet potato and pumpkin, they're, you need to yes. treat with some sort of caution uh, because of very high moisture content. So, pumpkins mm. are related to cucumbers. Uh, and have some pumpkins have upwards of seventy percent water content. So don't be if you want to make a pumpkin puree, it's super easy. Um, but don't be surprised if you need to sort of drain it a bit because remember it's got water in it, and mm. there is, you're also activating it with what is essentially water being steamed. Same with sweet potato, um, but. For your sweet potato, it's actually a good method to do before you roast them. So your sweet potatoes will get some nice colour on them if you've steamed them first. Um, pumpkin's a little bit, little bit different. Doesn't have the structure that a sweet potato does. It's a little bit more fibrous pumpkin or squash in America they call it. Um, so yeah, good for a soup. Um, if you want to steam your pumpkin, good for a soup. Just things like pumpkin. Just use those flavours that um, will sort of enhance that flavour. So in the case of pumpkin, a little bit of grated, fresh grated nutmeg's always good. Um, if you just want to do that sort of guilt-free type cooking, just steam some pumpkin and you'll only need the tiniest little bit of stock to blend it with because it'll have that much water. Uh, salt, pepper and a grated nutmeg and you'll have a soup. Um, super simple. Um, I still think you're probably better off caramelising some onions, getting some colour, like I've talked about this before, mm. but not here to dictate how people cook. You just, um, and don't forget that you can also take things like, in the case of, let's say, making a steamed pumpkin soup, what you could do is ramp up the flavour by adding some chilli, ginger, garlic, and, you know, maybe blend it with a little bit of coconut cream that you've got that sort of, you know, asian vibe to your pumpkin soup finish it off with a bit of chopped coriander so there's lots of things you can do um, but pumpkin will certainly get steamed quickly and quite damp um, I've made pumpkin gnocchi a lot uh, and what I actually do is steam the pumpkin but then I wrap it in um, like it's not a tea towel it's like we call them chucks over here I don't know what you call them uh, they're like a like a sort of towel and I actually hang it in the fridge overnight and let it drain and let all the water drain out of it so it's fully cooked, but it's as dry as it possibly can be. But it's, well, what other vegetables? Can we broad beans. About? Broad beans, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're called around the rest of the world. No, but I think they're called broad beans. Are they broad beans? beans? Yeah. But they are sensational. Yeah, broad beans are good uh, and quite easy to do because, you, well, the, I mean, we used to open the pods, peel them, blanch them, peel them and then finish off whatever the dish is. Similar process here. Mm. Um, so you just, yeah, throw them on your tray, happy days. Totally. 100 degrees, like, depending on the size of the broad bean, sort of in that six to eight minute range, 
make sure they're cooked. They're ones that you really do need mm. to check. And the good thing about doing vegetables and stuff like that is it's pretty easy to check on the go. And if you need a couple of extra minutes, yeah. well, you need a couple of extra minutes. But there's no tried and true time because there's no vegetable that's exactly the same. So, But they are sensational. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest with you, my favourite are, are beans, like steamed beans, like green beans, butter beans, just mm. delicious, like really, really good. Uh, and I just toss them in a little bit of garlic and oil and toasted almonds or something like that. Super simple, but, you know, you get that crunch, you taste the bean, mm. quite delicious. Um, I'm just trying to think about what other vegetables. I mean, we've done onions as well. Um, so we did the onion mm. tartatans, um, and w- where we steamed half, whole half onions. Yes, that was fantastic. It's one of my favourite little entrees. Yeah, that, and that was good just as a, uh, a bit of an experiment but to reduce the cooking time. Because onions, when you cook them, I mean, they need, for onions to be really successful, they need colour on them, I think, to get the, the flavour out of them, get the sweetness out of them. But I think I think ages ago I also did an onion soup. Yes. Um, and yeah. I think I steamed a whole ton of sliced onions. And steaming them first um, actually removes some of the moisture. So when you transfer your onions from the steamer into the pot, they colour up like really quickly. And you need a minimal amount of oil or butter to get that colour on them. So when I do caramelised onions on the stovetop, for me... I just, and I actually did it last night, so it's kind of topical. Um, I just put onions into a cold pan, put it on the stovetop and cook it really slowly until the moisture's cooked out of it. Um, it's kind of similar principle, although what I'm trying to do with the steamer is really soften them up and get them really, really soft and pliable mm-hmm. to start with and then in a pot and get, give them some colour. So onions work. Um, garlic, I haven't really done steamed. I don't know. I'm not... A, don't know how well that's going to go, because um, it's not. It's sort I don't of know why you would. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you have standalone steamed garlic, roast garlic? Yeah, sure. Yeah, garlic, garlic, fresh. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I, any other vegetables you can think of? I mean, we've covered some, but some of the bases. There's a whole heap of vegetables out there, but yeah, with your green vegetables, just I. Again, keep your get your oven up to temperature. Get the steam working. Mm. Get it running. Single layer, preferable on on a tray. So don't have it all crowded all over the top of each other. Just a nice even flat layer. If you're doing vegetables for like two, three, four, five, six, it doesn't matter. Um, nice flat even layer, and then yeah, about five, six, seven minutes somewhere in that in there. Potatoes, of course, longer and the sort of um, the further you go down into the earth, as far as where the vegetables grow, the longer they will take to cook. For those who don't know how to grow vegetables, yeah, my hands up. Although I'm trying, <laughs> well, we're learning. Yeah, potatoes corn, are growing. Corn. Yeah, corn. Uh, yeah, I can't. Oh, I can't remember. Um, yeah, between sort of eight and twelve minutes, I think. Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. And that's a really it's good one way. of the joys of life, yeah, really, isn't it? Really corn on the cob is one of butter. the best things. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, corn's really good. Uh, I, again, that's another thing that I remember from my childhood is having mm. corn, fresh picked corn. Yeah. Delicious, like, 
delicious. Uh, but really good for those uh, barbecue fans out there too. If you steam it first, you can really crank the heat on your barbecue and get a big sear happening on the outside and give that mm-hmm. sort of charred colour to it, which gives the corn a different dimension. So you can really get that happen mm. quickly rather than trying to do it sort of over a longer period of yeah. time. So steam your cobs first, works really well. We've done, I think, a couple of different recipes yeah. with corn, made salsas, and did whole corn as well. Um, but yeah, corn's a really good one too. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I think no that's worries. sort of covered yeah. most veggies. Yeah. If anyone's got any questions, just info Email at us, info cook- at cookingwithsteam.com. Yeah, we can help you out. Happy cooking, everybody. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe and for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com. Mm-hmm.